Hey, I'm Greg. And I'm Julie. Gorman. <laughs> and we are the founders of Married for a Purpose, have been married for 23 years. Yeah, we live in South Florida and we love practicing the, the art, art of spousing. spousing. Did we get the timing right? I hope so. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast. Hey, we can't say it enough how thankful we are that you're taking time to listen to the show today. Thank you, Greg and Julie Gorman, for getting this episode started. You two are fantastic. Thank you for investing in marriages to bring clarity around purpose. If you don't know, Greg and Julie are the founders of Married for a Purpose, an international marriage ministry. Additionally, they are from my neck of the woods. Yes, they are. So my southern accent may be a little bit stronger this episode. Uh-oh. That could be... <laughs> Danger. But yeah, Greg and Julie, we totally appreciate you guys and thank you for your investment in marriages and your investment in the friendship with us. We are so excited just to, to know you. Getting these videos from friends and listeners is just one of the ways that keeps this podcast real, real talk, real couples working at the everyday to make their marriage a masterpiece. Along with using the audio to open up an episode, we also post the videos to our Instagram and Facebook pages. So if you're listening and you want to be a part of the show, send us your marriage story in a short selfie style video on Instagram at artespousing, or you can email it to us at hello at artespousing.com. All you have to do is introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, how many years you've been married, and then share that you love practicing the art of spousing. We appreciate hearing from you. The feedback we're receiving on the podcast is insightful and provides valuable input. Learning from you will help us know how to offer content that will inspire and equip you in your relationship. The reason we are doing this podcast is because we really believe that marriage has the potential to be a masterpiece, revealing its unique designed purpose. A work of art just doesn't happen and appear, but it's intentionally crafted and shaped. So the goal with every episode is to give you tools to work on the everyday investment of your relationship that will help you not just survive your marriage, but thrive in marriage. So today's episode will be part one of two episodes dealing with two gaps in the marriage relationship that if not intentionally examined and mindfully managed will decrease the momentum of health and vibrancy of a relationship. As we've been intentional, James, in managing these gaps, we've decreased unnecessary tension and developed skills or techniques to shape our thousands of daily interactions to work for us, not against us. Correct. But before we get started, take a listen to something that we are excited about that may be helpful for you or someone you know. Are you looking for that one thing that will be the game changer for your marriage? We believe that all of us desire a marriage marked by deep connection, abundance, unity, and passion. But at times, it can feel like our relationship is stuck in the routine of the mundane. Intimacy can get crowded out by the pace and demands of everyday life. It's not uncommon to feel trapped by one's circumstances. Can you relate? If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. We offer the Marriage Reboot Retreat by Married for a Purpose. This is a private, two-day intensive experience for you and your spouse to work exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days to identify where you've been, define where you currently are, and discover where you want to go together. 
The Reboot Retreat is designed for a wide variety of marriages. Whether you're in crisis, a struggling marriage who needs a unified vision, or you just want to go from good to great or maybe somewhere in between. If you would like to find out more about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with myself and James and we can tell you all about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram or Facebook at Artispousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. So we took our first trip to London, England, maybe 15 years ago. It was an amazing experience, and I love everything about that city. Over the years, we've been blessed to be back several times, and it's always been a great experience. So if you've ever been or you ever get to go to London, there are a few things that you know or you will need to be aware of before you go. First, when you're crossing the street, it's not like here in the United States. You need to look first to the left instead of to the right. If you don't, there's a good chance it will end very badly. The second thing to know is that the quickest way to get around the city is through the tube or the underground trains. As the trains come into the station, the doors open for people to exit and new passengers to board the train. Over the loudspeaker, you're going to hear the words, mind the gap. And you'll see that sign all over the walls. And basically what it's saying is that there's a gap in the opening between the platform and the train. And if you don't mind the gap or if you're not aware of that gap, there is danger of tripping or falling. Just so you know, James, I've seen every single catastrophic thing to happen if you don't mind the gap. Like your leg got caught in there and the train took off. You're losing, You're going to lose a leg. You saw all that? Well, in my mind's eye, I saw all the dangers <laughs> of it. Say, but anyway, You yeah, would the, have seen the dangers. So that's, that's right. True. But I just want to give listeners like they can actually be very dangerous. Lots of other dangerous things that I'm not going to list right now. Okay. Okay. So in marriage, there are also two gaps that we need to mind if we're not careful and we don't mind these gaps that can cause tension, frustration, and even harm in a relationship. Yeah. As we prepare for this episode, there's a quote I'd like to mention attributed to psychologist and Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl. It lays the groundwork for the first gap that we will be processing today. And it says this, between the stimulus, the event and response, there is a space in that space is our power to choose our response in our response lies our growth and our freedom. So an event happens and what happens before the response determines the result or outcome. The space between the event and response in my case is often less than a second. My mind and mouth often do not coordinate themselves well if I'm not intentional. So the way I can sometimes respond can be, be easy on me, James, more emotional and catastrophic. Yeah. So I have to be mindful Right. Of that space. That of, gap. That, right. that gap, right. Yeah, you do have a propensity to catastrophize. Yes. Just, yes. You Loss of legs in the gap, yeah, the train in London, yes. So I think my response is often more withdrawn when it comes to responding specifically to people. However, when it comes to something that happens with a project I'm working on or anything inanimate, I can be quite explosive. Hmm. So here's another way that the gap can be expressed. It's this simple equation that E plus R equals O, which states the event plus the response equals the outcome. So it's important to understand that an event can be anything from a thought or feeling, heavy traffic, a rude person, or even the weather condition. But basically, it's anything that's outside our control and outside our ability to change. A few examples of E plus R equals O could be 
you know, you're driving down the road, a car cuts you off. How do you respond? Do you get angry? Do you return the favor or do you move on? Obviously each response will lead to a different outcome. Another illustration of this is maybe your boss gives you feedback that your work is not satisfactory. So do you get defensive? Do you leave for the day or do you take the feedback and attempt to use it to get better? Again, you can imagine the different outcomes. So one more, maybe in the marriage setting, you come home from work, the house is a mess, your kids are running around with their hair on fire, and your spouse is short with you in their greeting, maybe even a bit cold. So do you get defensive? Do you turn around and leave? Or do you jump in and help with the kids, dinner, et cetera? Your response in that moment will determine the outcome of how the rest of the night may go. Again, an event or stimulus happens, you respond, and the way you respond determines the outcome. So the small gap between the event and the response is so important. James, I love the equation E plus R equals O. This is a great formula to tuck away to help us serve as a reminder. We have the power to shift a situation or reroute a potential conflict and possibly avoid adding to an event that is already tense. That's right. I'd like to highlight the difference between reaction and response. Our friend Bethany Cush gave this example, and I think it's fantastic. Because when we think of medication, if you have a reaction to it, what is that, positive or negative? Negative. Correct. Okay. If you are responding well to medication, right. is that positive or That's negative? That's positive, right. Correct. So we can think of it that way. If you have a reaction to medication, no bueno. If you are responding well, that's good. So that's what we need to do. We need to learn how to respond. The space between the event and the response is easily filled. That gap is easily filled with a variety of things. Often we think of this big demonstration of an outburst as damaging, like yelling, slamming doors, stomping off in rage, maybe saying painful, hurtful things. Yes, all of these responses can leave a lasting impression of the worst kind, brightly shining a light on the areas where our personal growth is needed. That's true. And maybe possibly a lack of maturity. Yeah. But the inverse is also true. Pouting, rolling of eyes, verbal stabs of sarcasm, quiet withdrawals, all allow irritation to continue building and creating this bigger divide between couples and ultimately breaking down the ability to communicate effectively, unite in purpose, and really damages our ability to honor one another and see the good in each other. Yeah, that's really good, Lisa. I want to take a moment and unpack my favorite personal development tool, talking about maturity and growth. And I think this is a tool that works in our personal lives, but also marriage. If you've been listening to the Art of Spousing podcast for a while, you may have heard us reference this tool called the know yourself, lead yourself tool. And basically it says that we all have these tendencies. They come as a combination of nature, what's kind of wired into us and then nurture the environments and experiences mm-hmm. that we have right. uh, growing up. And our tendencies are what determine our actions We have these tendencies and they lead to actions. And then when we act, every action has a consequence. So those consequences are going to be positive or negative. And then those consequences actually create our reality. They create the reality of the experience of how we live life, but also how people experience us. Mm -hmm. So when we understand that our tendencies lead to actions, actions 
have consequences, and those consequences determine the reality of how we live out our life and how others experience us, we can begin to act intentionally in that space between tendencies and actions. And really, that's that's the gap. Because when the, when you're triggered, you're going to naturally respond with your natural tendencies. But if you know those things, then you can move on and act intentionally in your response. I love it. I would love to give an example here. Because I already mentioned I have a tendency to be emotional. I know this about myself. You and I just had a conversation this morning. I was recapping something that caused me to be emotional last night. Right. As I was telling you about it, I actually gave myself overnight to talk to you about it. It wasn't related to you. It was a situation right. I had encountered. But when I started talking about it, I got emotional and then I started getting catastrophic. Right. So my response caused me to have an outcome that actually left us tense right. and me out of control, Right. which wasn't a great outcome for our morning, how we needed to start our day, right. nor did it actually shape or affect the situation or the conversation that I had the night before. Basically, my response was non-productive and the outcome was negative. Right. So again, I know my tendencies are to be emotional. I have an opportunity to wrangle those in and have a different response so that I can start my day in your day in a different way. That would be glorious. Okay. So with that in mind, we want to give you three things to do in order to shape better outcomes. You know, I love giving the whole three points right up front. So yeah, that's what I'm about to do. Identify your tendencies, insert a pause, and implement an intention statement. So each of these will build upon one another. So James, why don't you get us started? Yeah. So I'll hit the first one, identifying your tendencies. Again, we just talked about this model, tendencies, actions, actions, consequences, consequences, reality. So awareness is the key to change. Mm -hmm. So identifying and understand how you are triggered in different situations will allow you to get a plan to respond intentionally. Specifically for this podcast about marriage, because we want to move from mundane to masterpiece, understanding those things about each other that trigger you. So me, Lisa, knowing the things that you say or you do or tendencies that you have that tend to get me triggered, if I can identify those things, then I can begin to see how I respond to those areas, moving from acting accidentally to intentionally. So I'm going to add there yeah, okay. is that you, if I know things that trigger you, I'm going to actually be mindful of what I do that I don't trigger you. Right. So not only is your response important that you know your tendencies, but I should know your tendencies and be mindful that I'm not actually blowing a breaker on you and causing a big accident. Right. Yeah. So identifying your tendencies is going to help you know how to avoid times of being triggered. So I know I have a tendency to get triggered when projects that I'm working on do not go as expected. So just know that in the Duvall home, It's probably not a good idea for me to do any kind of home improvement tasks. For the first few years of our marriage, my only tools actually were literally a hammer and a butter knife. True story. It's true. So I I remember being out working on the car with my butter knife trying to, I mean, it was bad. So just know I messed up all sorts of things. I know it sounds crazy, but I have a tendency to yell at myself when I make a mistake or a project doesn't work out the way it should. So although I'm getting better than when we first got married, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying. It can still be an issue. And I guess someday I may have the nerve to share the story of the floating shelf that I spent all day working on 
just no, it didn't float. No, it did not. But since I know that's your tendency, I'm mindful. I'm mindful around house projects. <laughs> you don't give them to me. I don't give them to you, but I also we don't hire make, a handyman. I don't make a lot of comments about that. So all that to say, I have identified that that tendency so I can determine to act intentionally to control my anger with myself. If I'm putting together something from Ikea, I know it's going to be frustrating. I'm aware of my tendency that there's going to be more parts than I want to know what to do with and don't understand the instructions. So I can control that tendency and act intentionally. In the same way, there may be things that your spouse does that triggers you. Your tendency is to react a certain way. And if you can identify those tendencies and the situations that trigger you, you can choose to act intentionally, which here in a few minutes, we're going to give you a simple tool that will help you with that. Okay. The second thing that we want to fill the gap is with a simple pause. When a stimulus happens, make a discipline to pause. Take a breath, maybe count to five or 10 before you say anything. By engaging in the pause, you give yourself the power to choose to either step into or away from or decide how you will step into that event. The pause gives you the space to see a situation clearly and choose a response rather than automatically reacting with an ingrained pattern, this well-worn groove that is your natural response that may not serve you well or others well, your spouse and your relationship well, or the situation. So if you can practice this pause when you're feeling triggered and reactive, you would avoid doing or saying something you could regret later. Yeah, that's true. That's so good. So to recap so far, you're going to do some work right now to identify your tendencies and how you're triggered, especially as it relates to your spouse. And then when you are triggered, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to pause. And in that pause, then the third thing happens is you're going to use what we call an intention statement. An intention statement is basically a predetermined decision or action to a situation. It basically says, when that happens, I will do this. When I get triggered in this way, I'm going to act this way. So you've identified your tendencies. Mm -hmm. So now you can determine what you will do when you're triggered. So... There are certain things that trigger me and my tendency, as I've already mentioned, is to be emotional. When I get emotional, I could say a lot of things that I don't mean or that I will regret. Not could I regret. In fact, it's true. I will (laughs) regret them. So I pause and then I would say something like this to you. Can you give me a few minutes? I want to order my thoughts. Right. So that lets you know, I'm not being passive aggressive. I'm not turning and pouting. I'm not sulking. I'm I'm letting you know, I'm trying to get myself together so that I can respond right. Meaning I don't think I can do it right right now in the minute, in this very moment, but it allows you to let me walk away and gather my thoughts because I'm going to come back and respond. And that actually works in marriage and and work environments and with kids. So that intention statement is like, when I get triggered, I'm going to pause And my next action is ask me, I need a few minutes to order my thoughts. Yes. And you do respect that. Right. Which is part of the, that is part of it. Right. Yes. So in my situation where I get angry when I'm doing projects, maybe my intention statement would be, you know, when I get frustrated because a project's not going well, I'm going to pause and I'm going to start singing Amazing Grace. (laughs) That would sound beautiful because you have a great voice. But it'd be very odd, wouldn't it? 
That would be odd. But if I make this, whatever that is, if I make that intention and I stick to it, it's going to change the outcome of everybody in the house wondering if I've lost my mind. Right. That is fantastic and so true. And I can't wait to hear you sing Amazing Grace soon. (laughs) Well, I probably won't be doing house projects for a while. So to wrap this up, you know that on a regular basis, there are going to be events that happen in your marriage relationship that will trigger one or both of you and your spouse. When that happens, it's important to have a plan for what will go in the gap between the stimulus and the response. You have to mind the gap. And remember, the response is going to determine the outcome. So before the event happens, like ASAP, like when you're done listening to this podcast, sit down with a notepad and paper and start writing it down. You and your spouse should talk through the things in your relationship that can cause the worst tendencies in each of you to come out. Then you can make some pre-decisions on how you respond when a negative event happens. And then when a negative event does happen, remember to pause, give yourself a chance to act intentionally, which will lead to a more positive outcome. I love it. I love it. On the next episode, we're going to unpack another gap that we need to mind in our marriage relationship. Too many couples are measuring the success of their relationship the wrong way. We can't wait to share a better way to measure your marriage health. We would love to hear your thoughts and answer questions you have about what we shared today. You can email us at hello at artofspousing.com or direct message us on Instagram at artofspousing. Thanks again for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sharing it with them. You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. Have a great week and we will see you next time on the Art of Spousing podcast. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.